0: Welcome to the Single Lady Estates podcast. My name is Bobby Wasserman and I'm the founder of Single Lady Estates. Thank you for spending some of your time with us. Today, we're gonna have some fun and talk about architecture and design. I'm really excited about our guest, Tom Zalowski, an award-winning architect and interior designer. Tom owns luxury interior design firm Z-Design, which has offices in New York, Miami, and Los Angeles. Tom comes from a family of residential builders and spent his early life building and remodeling homes with his family. He has worked nationwide in both the residential and commercial spaces. For the past six years, Z Design, Tom's company, has become the top interior design firm in New York and South Florida. Welcome, Tom. Thank you. I love your background and that your passion for design was seeded through a family business. What attracted you to building and what has driven you to have more of a national business serving very different markets?
1: Well, I I didn't want to stay stuck into one area, and I'm a, a bit of a wanderlust at heart anyways. So uh, I found myself traveling and settling in different sections of the country and drawn to different types of architecture and design as I would meet different people and be in different areas it was all very intriguing and very exciting and it just continued to grow my design palette and uh, design taste and it was just all too good to not keep going and keep expanding my design brain.
0: So let's talk a little bit about home design from the outside in. So when it comes to architectural trends, what are you finding that's popular among luxury home buyers and home owners? And first, maybe we should just define luxury for the sake of this conversation.
1: It's interesting because I would have to say, like, post-pandemic, you know, people were home for two years, basically, and had these very long staycations with just their family. Luxury, I would say the families and people would have to find ways to entertain themselves at home and had to use their exterior, interior to stay happy in the residences and um swimming pools or hot tubs or tennis courts or find ways to um, not be around people and because of the pandemic. And I think a lot of people liked it, you know, and invested or want to invest in their houses now and have decided to entertain themselves in their houses at home with these beautiful spas and hot tubs, like I said, and swimming pools and all of these great items.
0: So Los Angeles and Miami, When you buy luxury property, there is actual property associated out, you know, for the pools and the tennis courts in New York, maybe not so much. If you have a penthouse in Manhattan, for that luxury space outside, what are people that are in these luxury high-rises doing?
1: Luxury high-rises, I would say, if we're looking for outdoor space, you know, balconies or rooftops or courtyards, uh, things like that, that's the best we can hope for typically in, say, the Manhattan market swimming pools are going to be few and very far between many times. We'll do a lot of courtyards or if it's a townhouse or something, we can get some ground level park kind of areas or little small, tiny backyards. Rooftops are very, very popular for many of my uh, New York city projects. So we do a lot with those Um, rooftop in New York. is going to be a lot of like outdoor kitchens, little bar areas, fire pits, seating areas, very cozy, Greenery. You want to feel like you are in a, like a park-like setting, without having to go to the park. So, uh, something very quaint is what we try to accomplish uh, in a New York City um, type of a of situation.
0: And then compare that to maybe like Los Angeles or Miami, where yeah, henches. <laughs> it's very <really> different. <laughs> uh,
1: we get a little bit more space there. We do get yards albeit be you know smaller, but we take advantage of all of it. And we do get swimming pools and we get the um, you know the edgeless pools or the hot tubs. And typically we get incredible viewpoints, things like that. So we really take advantage of that so that when we're walking outside, those are the points where we're taking and we're, we have the inside and the outside are coming together. We've got retractable glass walls. and. You know, once those walls open up, you don't differentiate between inside and outside. It everything comes together and becomes one. So that's what I love. Interesting. Yeah. Your eye doesn't stop. So if I'm inside in the house and that glass wall opens up, my eye keeps going, you know, beyond that pool. And that's the part that I love. When I left New York as a younger, person and went out west. That was a whole new type of design for me where I learned to bring the interior and the exterior together. And um, that still was my favorite thing to do in design. And to bring that back to say the Northeast, um, I still love to do that and to try to bring the interior and the exterior together, even for the Northeast people.
0: Ah, so are you finding anything new and surprising like with trend-wise popping up post-pandemic?
1: Yes, people are staying home now. People are even working from home more now. You know, yeah, more game rooms, I would say. People are wanting to be together more in their homes. So on a grander scale, I'm doing a lot more like theaters, and I've got some, believe it or not, and a really grander scale bowling alleys in some houses. We're doing fun things. Parents are trying to find fun things to do for their kids within the house. And so that the kids, you know, have fun things to do, gang rooms, pinball rooms, stuff like that, which is cute. As far as the wives, the women love their bathrooms, they love their getaways and, and I call it like their staycations, like their hotels. They love their great showers and they're themed and and uh their aromatherapy, chromatherapy um that's a big, big thing, actually for the men too, believe it or not, that is actually true oh, yeah, the men and the women, husbands and wives love the power shower, I call it um, <laughs> yeah, after a long day, the grand shower is really a big thing for a lot of couples
0: oh interesting so architecturally, can you talk about luxury features that are actually inexpensive to add? You know,
1: there are things like lighting. Lighting is the number one thing in a house that really sets the mood for people. So that's the number one thing I think people should really focus on when they're doing a renovation or a new build is lighting, super important. You know, put everything on a dimmer, it really creates the mood as you're entertaining, as you're in the house alone. Surround sound, music, you get up on your Sunday morning and you make your coffee and as you walk from room to room, you put on your favorite you know, music and there's just something really incredible about being able to hear your favorite music playing as you walk around your house. I love creating a mood in your home where you're just so comfortable and happy to be there that you just don't want to leave.
0: Yeah, especially now. I think that it's really important that people understand the critical role that an architect plays in the world of design. Can you talk about that?
1: Your architect should handhold you right through your entire process. The number one thing people think of when they think of architect or design is they think of the pretty stuff. But it's really not that. The very first thing that you really need to think about is function. How does my house work? If your house doesn't work for you, if your house doesn't function, it doesn't really matter how pretty it is. You've already failed. So I like to sit down with everybody individually and I ask a million questions. How do you live in your house? How do you work in your kitchen? How do you use your space? So that's a big interview process for me. And so we sit down and we create floor plan and we walk through everything and create the floor plan of the space up front, and then I walk them through it. We sometimes will create video walkthroughs of the house so I can literally show them on a video their space completely finished before we touch a thing so they can look at it and go like, that's it, the house is done. Or we go like, you know what, we screwed up here or we wanna change this or that, and then we go back and we tweak it. So kitchen design, bathroom design, hugely important. Husbands, wives, do you work together in your kitchen? How many people are in your kitchen? Are you a cook? Um, are you a chef? Are you a baker? All super important. It all comes down to equipment. What type of equipment do you want in your kitchen? Bathrooms, water pressure, believe it or not, half, a half-inch pipe to a three-quarter-inch water feed to your plumbing fixtures is going to be very important in terms of water pressure. If you get a, a little trickle of water or you get a nice, firm um Water pressure out of that shower head, you're going to really appreciate that. A lot of tricks and a lot of things that you want to be handheld through the process of renovation or building your home.
0: And I think you touched on something that's really important. Those pipes, if you're going to repipe your bathroom and the issue is water pressure, those pipes have to be chosen at the beginning. So some people will wait for an interior designer or not use an architect, but those are the professionals that will tell you up front, you have to buy this type of pipe Correct. <laughs> so you can get the faucet you want. <laughs>
1: exactly. So
0: I think that's really important for people to understand there's a reason why you need a designer and an architect up front, not just a contractor.
1: You want to have that person who is your advocate, a construction manager or a project manager or your designer or architect if they offer that service. You wanna make sure that you're staying on your budget and you wanna have that person who is looking out for you because you know a general contractor you know, a lot of times will come in and the change order is their best friend because that's where they're gonna make their money. So you wanna make sure that that doesn't happen. And you also wanna make sure that you have that person who really is your advocate for your design to make sure that your design takes place. Because many times a general contractor will come in and they're going to take the shortcuts to make the process easier for them. And that's not what's always best for you. So to have somebody in there who knows what construction is or what can or can't be done and can look at the GC and say, no, that can be done. And this is how you do it. Then you want that person advocating for you because you want to make sure that your your design is honored.
0: Yeah, that is a really, really important point. I've already seen articles on the 2023 trends. Yeah. Can you talk about interior design trends that you're seeing and what's on the way for 2023?
1: (laughs) Well, um, I'm not a trendy, trendy guy because design and renovation is so expensive that I tend to be more uh, long-term in terms of what you're doing, more classic, I would say. But yes, they say that gothic is back, goth design more uh, darker, believe it or not, and which probably next year they're going to go to light and you're going to have to rip it all out again. Um, Pastels are the big thing this year. Um, Bold printed papers, wallpapers, are the big 2023 trends coming up. They're saying like circular sofas. So I'm seeing that those are the big trends they're saying of things that people are wanting to use this year. But I like classic. I'm more of a classic guy. So in 15 or 20 years, when people walk in and look at your space, I want them to look at it and say, wow, did you just do this? I want to make sure that it looks new and relevant and current always.
0: I love that. You know, with the different markets that you're in and when you talk about trends, with uh, New York, LA, and Miami, they're all such distinct markets. They are. Can you talk about the similarities and the differences of those markets?
1: The New York City market, you're going to get a lot of more older buildings. So you're gonna deal with a lot of more, you know, historical features of moldings and taller ceilings, lots of crown moldings and casings and things like that, which is beautiful and fun. I tend to go with more transitional there with people, a lot of Hamptons kinds of a feel. People love that vibe, which I love that too. Heading out to LA, love that vibe, much more modern, much more Simple, clean, uh, very indoor-outdoor, a lot of light, a lot of glass, more clean lines, neutrals, whites, and then getting into the South Florida market. That's really transitioning because of the influx of people that have come there through the COVID experience. We've gotten so many people here from New York, from California, that the design here is changing. So... Back in the 90s, 2000s, everything here was going through that whole Italian thing where everybody wanted their house to look like Italy. And now people are, thank God, either carrying those down or doing major renovations to get rid of that look. In that whole kind of California modern is is finally coming this direction, which is a good thing. South Florida tends to be very colorful, like uh, very colorful. I would say South Florida is a very more spicy feel in terms of design. Bolder colors, for sure, much more so than the California feel, Uh, but still going more towards that modern vibe. Let
0: me stop you for a second because, you know, there's such a heavy um, Spanish influence in California, that you don't realize until you leave California. Yes. And Miami has the Latin South American between those two similar cultures, but they're very different. Mm-hmm. Can you explain like the differences in a Spanish style on the West Coast versus more of a Latin style in Miami?
1: I find the Spanish style in California tends to go a lot with the more wood floors, the beams, the stucco. Uh, more towards the whites and woods, which is a great combo. More towards Miami, I find a lot of sapio, a lot of tile floors, um, harder surfaces, a lot of color. Uh, more of a tougher, bolder wall finish, a bolder stucco. Here, in the finishes, the wall finishes. Darker woods, I will notice here, as opposed to California, which is going to go with more towards a lighter feel. That's what I've found so far as difference-wise between the two, I would say.
0: Oh, Interesting. Uh, If you want to be trendy, but you don't have the budget to constantly update, Mm -hmm. what are some secrets of staying current without overspending?
1: Anything you can change out easily, I would say every two to three years, that's not going to break the bank, so to speak. And that, I would say, it would be like... um, Pillows, throws, artwork, lamps, that's the stuff that I would say can change the look of your house, you know, really nicely without really being a huge expenditure.
0: Oh, that's good information. Regardless of your budget, where do you recommend that people spend their money when it comes to interior design?
1: Kitchens, bathrooms, master bedroom, master bath, master closet, those are the things that sell the house every time. Check out your neighborhood, check out the comps in your neighborhood. That's what you really wanna do. What are your houses selling for around you? I would take, what did I pay for my house? I would take the highest comp in my neighborhood, see what that sold for, and don't spend more than that on your renovation. Because if you are, you're not gonna get that back. You know, you may get it back over a period of years because your home's gonna gain equity over the course of years, but you're gonna to have to wait for that to happen. Your home is a, it's an investment. So, you know, you want to look at that and you want to see, you know, where's the neighborhood going? Is this worth an investment? Is this money well spent? But definitely kitchen, definitely, you know, master bathroom, master bedroom and master closet. That's what sells the house for sure.
0: That's good information. Is there a budget entry point for hiring an interior designer?
1: I usually go off of a percentage of the total of the project, which can be maybe 10 percent, but that's negotiable and it depends upon what the scope is and what they're going to do for you. And again, that person really should be your advocate and they really should be looking out for you on your project. I say there's a big difference between somebody who really knows floor plans, architecture. Can they do any drawings for you? Do they know how to do reflective ceiling plans or furniture placements? Do they know finishes? do they know slip resistance and say on a tile? You know, I've had clients who have called me who had hired a designer and they um, had put in all of this tile through their house and out around their pool and the tile did not meet slip resistance and they were all falling and breaking their necks. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> it all had to be ripped out. So that's where I look and say, well, that's where the designer should have known that this tile did not meet the resistance for a wet space and, you know, that's their job. So that's where you want to do a little research and make sure that the person you're hiring really knows what they're doing and that they're bringing those skills so that they're protecting you.
0: Do you find a difference between working with husbands and wives versus just single women? Is there a difference in what they're looking for?
1: Yeah, it's two very different experiences. I love working with single women. They're great. Uh, Husbands and wives, usually the husbands don't like to get involved at first, and they let the wives do it. But then once the process starts, the husbands love to get involved, and then usually the husband and the wife want something totally different from each other. So I get to play therapist, (laughs) which is always fun, too. I love doing it. It's a good time. Um, I love working with single women. They typically really know what they want. If they don't, I try to say to them, you know, paint me a picture. You know, what's your dream? You know, what do you see? And then I always say, you know, send me some pictures. What appeals to you? Give me your vision. This is your house. What do you see in your head? And then um, I try to take that and, and expound on it. And then we go back and forth. I'll send stuff back to them and say, hey, what do you think of this? Do you like that? And then we we hone in on it. And um, it's kind of a creative process, but I love love working with, with single women. It's really, it's been a lot of fun.
0: With your single women clientele, can you name the top one to three items that they're looking for?
1: I definitely would say master closet. Women love their master closets, you know, for their shoes, place to get ready, if they're gonna get ready in the morning or going out for the evening. I try to really create an experience for them. You know, I want them to feel special in their home. The master bathroom, of course, that beautiful soaking tub that they want. Usually I'll recommend an air tub, which got the many, many little holes and it has its own back flushing system, which is great because it doesn't hold on to any kind of bacteria or anything, which the old jacuzzi tubs used to do. And has a heater in it, so the water always stays hot, so you get this really long, great experience of a hot jacuzzi type of uh, experience showers, things like that, and then the kitchen, you know because a lot of people like to spend time in their kitchen and, and cook or bake or do whatever they want or entertain even so we 'll talk about that a lot and then just small getaway spots where they want to maybe read or just have uh, at a lone moment where they're just really comfortable and cozy. So a lot of times in the Northeast that could, you know, involve like the fire or a fire pit or something really, really nice like that. And then out in the um, West Coast, uh, a lot of times it could be like a really great day bed or something that involves, you know, water or something like that.
0: Oh, very nice. Interesting. Interesting. And then Kind of to wrap this up, could you provide three to five architectural and design tips that every homeowner should know?
1: Well, every homeowner should know design tips. Let me think. Yes, if you're going to do a new build for the permitting process, you definitely want to hire an expediter because they're going to usher along that process much, much faster for you. So that's a really important thing that you want to do. Definitely hire somebody who is your advocate, hugely important. Don't just hire a general contractor because then there's nobody really looking out for this for the homeowner. You want somebody who is looking out for you. I would definitely get multiple bids, always check those bids. Surfaces, you want to check your flooring surfaces. A lot of times people will not know what is being specified in your house and the client won't know, uh, but check that because a lot of times what will happen is, is people will specify like flooring surfaces that aren't suitable for what you're using it for. And then six months or a year after you spent all of this money on these floors, they begin to fail and then you're left with this mess. So you really want to make sure that you know, what you're getting is what you need it for. Very, very important. There's just so many things that go into renovation and into design and, and into building a new home that you need to make sure that you have somebody with you that really, really knows what they're doing and guide you through it. Because it's a lot of money and it's your money and you know you wanna make sure that you're spending it wisely.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much. I really, really like this discussion. I'm moving into a new home and so I'm writing everything down as you speak. Good. And you've really provided some great inside information. So thank you for your time and expertise. I just know you're incredibly busy. And I think one of the things that you said throughout our entire conversation was advocacy and single lady estates is all about advocacy. So if people walk away from this, that is the number one thing. You hire an architect and an interior designer to be your advocate with your contractor. Absolutely. Really, really important. So thank you. Where can people find you?
1: On the website, which is ww.thedesigninc. And um we'll travel all over the country and do a lot of wonderful projects and we're working in the islands as well. So um yeah. Give us a holler. I'd love to do your project. Love to be your advocate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Single Lady States podcast. To learn more about what Tom discussed and to join our community, please go to our website at singleladyestates.com, connect and engage with our community, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast.